Welcome to the Shifting Our Schools podcast, where we believe learning never stops. We create innovative and flexible professional development opportunities that support the current research and thinking in education today. This week's podcast episode aspires to set you up to take another step forward on your personal learning journey. Now here's your host, Jeff Udick. Well, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Schools. I'm your host, Jeff Udick. I hope this episode finds you safe and healthy. Before we get into this week's episode, I'm excited to announce our new and updated menu of professional development offerings. It's now live on the website. I'm very excited about this. Our menu lists out some examples of workshops and sessions we can run for your school or team. We can do these either remotely on Zoom or create asynchronous pathways for you or turn them into some podcast PD episodes for the ultimate flexibility. Or if you happen to be doing in-person professional development again, that is always an option. The choice is yours really, and hence why we call it a menu. You can check out some of our offerings like refining our frameworks for project-based learning at shiftingschools.com menu or under the school tab on the homepage. The Shifting Schools team typically books up about a month in advance, so if you'd like to talk about tailoring a workshop for your team or your school, you can always reach out to us at info at shiftingschools.com. Today, we will be sharing a range of perspectives on a topic that means so much to so many of us this year, that is listening. This episode, of course, corresponds with a free guide we have for you. That free guide is called Five Reflection Activities That Foster Deeper Listening. And that free guide can, of course, be found at shiftingschools.com under resources in our resource library. And we are very quickly coming up on 60 free resources over there. So make sure you go over and give that a check out when you get a chance. The guide is rich with resources. And the very first one is an edible template to help teach your teams learn more about one another. Oh, you thought I was talking about practicing listening skills with students. Gotcha. Educators, listening starts with us in our teams. So what are your specific values when it comes to being heard and understood? What has shaped our identity as a listener? The template is a hyperdoc with a range of resources meant to help us think differently about listening skills. And it comes with a protocol to help teachers reflect and share. Why do I personally value this template? Well, the longer I've been in education, the more I've come to value testing my assumptions. As someone who has mentored and coached others, it has always been important to me to model active listening. But when I say that phrase, active listening, it is so important to talk specifically about what that means and how it can have different connotations for different people. In education, we talk a great game about listening for understanding. And you know, I think it is important to talk about how difficult it can be to listen and reserve our opinion and our judgment. It takes intentionality and it takes practice. One thing that I believe is a big positive from the past year is that we have come to value asynchronous sharing. Why? Because it slows down that urge to interrupt or react. The template I'm mentioning here intends to give teams the time to really think about who we are as listeners. 
And how can we grow and nurture our listening skills? If your team tries it out, we'd love to hear from you. And yes, of course, you can use this same template with students, but we strongly encourage you to try it on as a team as well. It allows you to see how it works, to try it on, to test drive it, if you will, and along the way, help your team out as well. It's like a two-for-one template. We reached out to a few educators to let us know which of the resources in the free guide resonated with them, and I'm so excited to share their thoughts with you today. So let's jump right in and have a listen to what Faye, a school leader, has to say. Hello, my name is Faye Leong, and I'm at Hong Kong International School. I'm speaking to aspects of each of the five reflection ideas that foster deep listening provided by Shifting Schools. I think one of the strengths in this resource is that it places value on listening in itself as part of collaboration skills. Often in the busyness of a classroom or in the many meetings we engage in, we have this almost laundry list of things to get through. And yet, in stopping to reflect on what we're learning from others, seeing ourselves as part of a community rather than an island, we can explicitly see that learning for both adults and children can become richer, stronger, through those cycles of active intentional dialogue. I'll just choose one aspect out of two of these five ideas to speak to. Idea one is value past experiences. Now that middle piece, the sentence starter, one hurdle that sometimes prevents me from sharing, that is such an important stage to set up the foundation for conversation. It reminds us to see the people in our group as people and to be reflective about who they are. And it helps in that understanding of how we might bring someone into the group if they're silent. For example, if we know that someone's an inward processor because they said, a hurdle is sometimes that the conversation just moves too fast for me to speak. And sometimes I think something, but someone's already said it. So in building that classroom culture of a learning community, we can brainstorm strategies with our students or with adults for how we might address those hurdles. For example, a student might say, why don't we provide some thinking and writing time first and then share? That allows everyone a chance to put forward an idea after reflection time. And I do find that students will do this, that they often come up with the strategies. So rather than us giving them strategies, they provide the community in the classroom with strategies. So idea two, setting the conditions for conversation, that first question, what signs might we look for in order to know our conversations on track? I absolutely love this question, and it can be modified to suit the age group. It's useful to even build a pathway on a wall and have small groups of students decide and provide input on check posts along the journey of a dialogue. And what's lovely here is that it can be set up to actually use tangible pieces. Consider an actual path on a poster with signposts that the kids or adult participants have agreed on and then placed on that poster. And it's just brilliant to be able to move these around. Using these visuals in a class dialogue allows for students to consider that signposts don't always happen at the same time or same place in a journey. And it's such a fun way to role play in a safe context. Each time you engage in conversation, I find that we either add to signposts or we learn more about a signpost. Organically, it it actually seems to reinforce a feeling of safety, of being heard in the room. It's such a great one to co-construct habits of mind and routines for rich dialogue. That's my input. Thanks very much, Shifting Schools. 
I'm so thankful that Faye points back to the idea of sharing what obstacles have prevented us in the past from sharing. Remember when I talked about my desire to get better at testing my own assumptions? Well, in my career, I've been so humbled to get to work with so many different teams. On one of those teams, I was partnered with an educator who was very quiet when we would get together to plan. For a long time, I misread that silence as disinterest. Have you ever made that mistake? One day that partner told me that their previous department was really critical of their ideas and that they felt bullied and now they are really reluctant to share. This is a powerful reminder that collaborative experiences stick with us. And many of us might not always look forward to collaboration. So as Faye shares, we need to set the table for dialogue with compassionate intention. School leader Ian Hoke is going to expand on that idea. Let's listen in. So I would like to talk a little about idea two, setting the conditions for conversation. Facilitative leadership is something I care a lot about and work a lot with my colleagues at the American International School of Mozambique on uh, how we work together as adults, which, you know, as a model then can be a way we work together with learners. And I love the idea of an intentional question to set the conditions for conversation. Particularly, I liked what signs might we look for in order to know our conversation is on track. I think that's really democratizing. We could just set that frame together to co-create some focus before we start. Um, Not so that a facilitator can draw our attention back to the conversation when we're sort of off track or starting to ring the bell of, wow, this is getting us somewhere. Um, But we could do that together because we've set out some signs ahead of time. You know, I think intentionality is a way to rake habits and some of those habitual ways of talking together, working together, maybe breaking down some of the dominant voices, allowing space uh, and sort of equity of voice. Um, And just, you know, finding new things together. Conversation can be really empowering and life-giving, and it can also be kind of draining and, and just sort of more of what we've always experienced. So idea two, setting the conditions for conversation. Pretty cool stuff. I could see using this in many different ways. The critical word there for me is co-create. I know many of us join schools that have preset collaboration norms. And for some, that may work. But my thinking is, is it so much more authentic to co-create a vision for how we can learn and collaborate together? Next, we turn things over to another leader and learner, Susie Ramden, who not only has excellent insight, but a really interesting challenge to share too. Hi, I'm Susie Ramsden, currently a grade three homeroom teacher at the International School of Luxembourg. Firstly, I want to thank At Shifting Schools for helping us inspire, build and sustain our classroom culture. I use so many of the resources provided on the website that they have become a sometimes daily, weekly, as well as all year round round go-to space for individual self-reflection, as well as checking in on how we're doing as a community. I think what is so powerful about these resources 
is that they are so relevant to students and adults alike. When I use the protocols with students, I'm always thinking that students could model the power of their intent so clearly to adults. So, for example, I'm thinking specifically about the five reflection ideas that foster deep listening. What a great set of provocations to encourage a listening culture and one that values reflection before action, both in classrooms and as a whole school community. So for all of these resources, I'm always thinking what a great way for adults and students to contribute to our community together, using the same questions or protocols to explore those big questions around learning. Students need to see us as learners and that we also need to check in on our learning and listening. Great learning, quote, great learning requires great listening, unquote. In our learning home, and this is what stu our students decided, this is what they would call our classroom, we strive to build a listening culture. I think the language is such an important part of our classroom culture, so I always refer to we or our, and not my class or my classroom. This way students know that our culture is built together and we have a shared responsibility to sustain it and respect it. We all have voices and we all have preferences how we show our voice. As a community, it's important we know individual preferences. So to, to know who is in our learning home, we spend a lot of time getting to know each other as individuals with questions such as, what is helpful for you? Or what gets in the way of your learning? What do you like to hear when you're working in a group? What don't you like to hear or see? By spending time knowing who we are and how we like to learn helps us to understand the diversity of us and leads to honest and rich conversations throughout the year. So I might use the provocations from the first slide, how does your community value listening and reflecting to start these very conversations? Asking students or adults to think about times when they have felt conversations went well or were most productive productive is a great way to build that listening culture. Connecting to something that we know works for us or that we feel comfortable with helps us to identify our needs as an individual within a group or community. And whenever I use these provocations, I aim to give choices and how and when to respond so that no one feels the pressure of responding immediately. That's the whole point of reflection. When we've gathered responses, these then provide guides in developing our classroom culture. Connection is a huge part of our classroom culture. Knowing how and when we inspire each other is important. Slide three, know how sparks can be lit, provides a perfect segue for our inspiration window in our classroom, where students as well as adults add their ideas and pictures to explain and celebrate how we inspire each other. Slide four, explain how an idea might be met. Love this to use following a thinking routine that has sparked so many rich questions. It allows time to build explanations before listening to an idea or proposal, relevant for both classroom practice as well as team meetings. The last slide, five sentence wrap up, is not only a great exit ticket, but moves the conversation forward to what next. I use so many of the fit shifting schools resources as ongoing check-ins to see where we are and where we are going as a learning community. I like students to have the opportunity to keep, to keep going back to using the same routine or set of questions or provocations. Does this still ring true? Do I still feel or think this? Do I have the same questions or is my thinking different and why? That way students can see growth or differences in their thinking, which might sometimes be linked to how they're feeling. Why do I think this now and I didn't think this before? 
Is this because of how I'm feeling or because of something different? Right now, more than ever, I feel it's so important to be having check-ins with our students and our teams and to develop a listening and reflective, reflective community. So I love doing something different. And whilst recording my ramblings at Shifting Schools, it sparked an idea. I will put it to our class if we will be, be willing to use the five reflection ideas that foster deep listening to coach our wider school community to see how it could be done. I always love to flip the learning. We learn so much from our students. Susie, thank you for sharing your kind words and your expertise. I love the idea of seeing students as leaders in coaching and inviting them to model what it means to be a listening coach for the whole campus. The last word today goes to Kimberly House, a leader in the world of ed tech and coaching. Hey, Trisha and Jeff. Thank you so much for sharing this resource. What a beautiful way to insert a pause before conversations and get clarity on the way that participants need to feel heard and understood. Um, I work with teachers and leadership every week in planning, and in my case, my learners would be adults. Um, so as we plan units and discuss ideas and potential changes, um, each of these ideas provides a framework within which to have these important conversations. We sometimes have five or six people in the room, and it's easy for strong personalities to take over. And many of these ideas could be used as a precursor to any planning or work that a group does together um, in a PLC or a grade level team um, to ensure that we understand each other before conversations begin. Um, for the year or for that unit um, really, really helps. Um, I can, I'm often that person who kind of comes in with this gale force wind of ideas. And in my excitement, um, I can find myself not listening or providing space for new ideas. Um, so these different prompts here can slow that process down. And before and after ideas are shared there to ensure that everybody's clear on how each person communicates, I could see that really helping me. Um, in, and also recognizing that in that space for other people. So they're, they're aware that I'm doing that and that I'm asking those kinds of questions so that I'm clearer on what they need. Um, yeah, and I, I love that idea of explaining um, how an idea might be met I think it was idea number four, um, that really takes things down, down a notch and allows space for others to feel safe to question the idea. When you pre, when your precursor to that statement is, this is just a thing I'm thinking about, or this is kind of just a rough draft of an idea, or I'd love to use you as a sounding board. Um, those kinds of statements really sort of take the air out of something a little bit so that it's easier for people to comment or criticize a little bit um, and feel they're part of that process versus being bulldozed over. Um, in a coaching situation, it's just critical to understand what the other person needs in order to process ideas and share thoughts and feel heard. Um, and that can be kind of a vulnerable space. So these kinds of, of prompts and questions really help help to smooth that process out for people. Um, and it provides just an excellent foundation for coaching conversations and helps remove um, and prevent tension and create an open and accepting atmosphere. So thank you so much for sharing these. Kim points us to one of my favorite resources in the guide, which essentially is a series of sentence starters where we let others know why we are sharing something. 
Sometimes we do want to invite debate, and sometimes we just need to be heard. When we practice signposting the intention behind our share, we help our team tune in and know how best to support us. And support is something we really need this year. Thank you to our series of guests today. It was a joy to get to listen deeply to what you shared. Listeners, if you'd like to share your appreciation with Faye, Ian, Kim, or Susie, we've included a link to find them on Twitter in the show notes. If you would like to dig into the free guide they discussed, head over to shiftingschools.com and hit the resource tab to find our resource library that has almost 60 free guides. Thanks for listening. And until next time, we'll see you on the network. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Shifting Our Schools. If you found this episode helpful or inspiring, please make sure to subscribe and leave the team a five-star rating. If you want to learn more about the Shifting Schools team or download our free resources, head over to shiftingschools.com to see what's on offer now. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode to keep rethinking the shifts our schools need.